This is episode number 17, titled Relationships, Intimacy, Communication, and Sexuality with Faraja Prima. Today, Lisa is going to be covering the topics including transformational touch, intimacy coaching, massage therapy, and being a mother. Also covered are the skills of intimacy, full meal, seasoned beauty, a case study, surfing sexual energy for healing, the feminine and masculine defined, and of course, the wellness tip. You can always get in touch with us by emailing us at feedback at thorpeinstitute.com. And that's T-H-O-R-P, institute.com. We talk the truth about wellness and give you the tools, resources, and access to things that actually work and heal from the wellness mecca of Encinitas, California, and well beyond, all on the Health and Wellness Encinitas Podcast. Hello, this is Lisa Thorpe with Health and Wellness Encinitas, and today I am so pleased to have with us Viraja. Welcome. How are you doing today? Hello, Lisa. Wonderful. So, so fun to be here. Well, I obviously um, invited you here to talk to you as a practitioner, um, but I think uh, we'll have plenty to talk about uh, as well about knowing each other over the years. And so I'm just going to let everybody know you're, in addition to transformational touch and intimacy coaching, you're also a, a massage therapist and you do a type of healing sessions. Why don't you go ahead and share more about what you do? Excellent. And I'm a mom. <laughs> a great mom. And for the mother connection as well. All right. Um, well, again, I'm really happy to be here. Thank you for this opportunity and to help present... Um, some options for health and wellness. And my, um, I have, I have a great thirst for experience and experiencing the world and experiencing my body and experiencing life. And I'm grateful that, um, I've been able to experience such a wide range of things. And, um, one of which was, um, you know, studying sports medicine and then having injured my knee, tearing my ACL, I was required to go to physical therapy. Well, I'm, I'm grateful. You were, were you, you were in sports or a cheerleader, right? In high school? I was a mascot. A mascot. Mm-hmm. And it was something really active. So, yeah. <laughs> mascot in a big furry, furry remember, suit, huge head. And I remember a photo collage at your shower, baby shower. Oh, yes. That had pictures of you. Yes. So, yeah, as well of course. As playing that, that's rugby and lacrosse and swimming and yeah. yeah, really active. But I did I did injure my knee um, nighttime snow skiing at mm. Mount Hood. And um, I had been a sports, again, I was a sports medicine major in my undergrad. And that um, brought me to being in, the injury brought me to being in a physical therapy office um, three days a week. And they let me rehab as much as I wanted to, which was extraordinary because I didn't have to get surgery, but I also got to have a, a bird's eye view on what people do in, um, in, that, in that field. And I had considered going into physical therapy. So it was a real gift to, to witness what was done daily in that office. And there was a sense inside of me of there's, this is awesome. I'm so great. This is, this is an option. And it feels like there's something, there's something more something else. So what that led me to was then my internship options to graduate, and I went to a massage school. And at the massage school, this is interesting, the, the owner of the massage school who was giving me the tour of the, of the school and the, you know, the protocol and all of that, when um, he and I touched, like when we shook our hands and then maybe we'd be like you know, acknowledging something in th- throughout the tour, it was one of those zaps, like when you drag your feet across the floor and get that static electricity. It was a zap. Shocking. Yeah. <laughs> and then I was like, what? And that happened literally 18 times. 
Wow. Through the course of like an hour and a half. Yeah. And I was like, what is this? And uh, we weren't even moving most of the time. And then I went to, so I was a yes to going there. And he was a yes, please come, you know, do the courses. I'll support you. And it can be part of your internship. Take as many courses as you want and that, that you can. And I was like, wow, what is all of this? And in my first class, we were learning acupoints. One of the things I love about massage school is it's so experiential. You learn it and then you do it on each other. So I was lying on the table and they were doing the acupoints like on my forehead. And I, f- I felt this flow of energy. And not only did I feel it, felt something that I had felt my whole life, but there was a language around it. And there was a community of people that also could communicate and connect around what was happening. So it was my first like conscious like acknowledgement of subtle energy and having that be acknowledged by other people and have have like um, a framework for it. And I was I was squealing with delight. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, that's what this is. I'm so excited. I can't believe it. I felt like I found you know a home or you know part of my homeland. Um, and from there, I you know did take as as many courses as I could in massage therapy and energy work. And then I went and traveled the world. And I was like, I'm not going to go to um, graduate school unless I find something that really moves me. And I did. I found a school that was um, acknowledging Eastern and Western approaches to health and healing and philosophy of life and spirituality. So mind, body, spirit oriented. So like I said at the beginning, I like to experience a wide range of things in life. And I feel like our bodies are made and designed to do that. So to go to a school where they're they're actively um, educating and supporting people in, in having the right experience for them at that time in their life or exactly for what their body needs was was like a dream come true. And this is the California Institute for Human Science. Yes. Correct, where you got yeah. went to graduate school. Yes, that's yeah, correct. It's an amazing, amazing uh, facility and program. And I, I would like to make note that not only do they teach principles of energy medicine, but they actually have technology that now has proven uh, that the meridians are, exist they have ways of measuring it, so it's very scientific based. It's very it's with some really uh, profoundly interesting and amazing uh, classes. I've taken a couple of myself. Mm, so, yeah. how long ago did you complete your master's with? Uh, and what was the master's in? In life physics. Life physics. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So, life physics um, incorporates. Um, Aspects of around physiology and subtle energy, as well as quantum physics and studies of consciousness. So, um, being an academic and a, a, a geeky scientist, um, and <laughs> at heart, it 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 filled a lot of my my um my needs, I guess, as, as far as kind of like quantifying things, and then also having qualifying experiences of like, okay, wow, well, yes, I'm feeling I'm feeling this energy flow, and then here, like you said, the meridian, the AMI machine, it actually like identifying them and and measuring the amount of energy flowing through each of them. It was again, it was like finding um, more pieces of home and more f- pieces of home in my body. And then going beyond the body, you know, extending out into quantum physics and the way that things are occurring and interacting, you know, possibly in in the world at large, in the universe at large. It was, um, it's like, it was a fun playground to discover. And then the course kind of rolled into my PhD program, which I expanded and incorporated more psychology courses, because I had, um, around that time, started to do more of my integrative offering in my own personal work, um, which was an integrative coaching and healing work um, offering. And so I wanted more psychology courses to support, you know, the more the life coaching and the personal process that people were going through. So that that program ha- was called Integral Health or, or Human Science. So basically, because you notice or you believe that People, when they're coming to you for therapy, whether it's physical, uh, you know, massage or or uh, intimacy coaching, you can't really separate the physical from the psychological or the the spirit, right? Right. I'm guessing, um, hence the integration. Yeah. And so, what what do you would you say when somebody comes to you now? Like, what what will they experience, and what is it that you bring to them, or what kind of programs do you offer? Hmm. Yeah, I'm grateful for my really strong base and background in massage therapy and being a holistic health practitioner. I've um, 
you know, been able to, to see a lot of people over the years. And, and I've worked with professional athletes and, um, you know, for like, (laughs) it's fun, the range of like movie stars and, um, artists and professional athletes to, um, you know, moms and, um, CEOs. And what I, what I love is that when I'm working with them and I watch their systems change and their, them drop into more of a place of feeling connected to their heart and their body. And then when they go out in the world and people witness them, it's like this imprint, you know, the ripple out effect is so beautiful. Like people go, Oh, there's that. Oh, that's right. I can, I can relax more into my being or I can be a little more authentic. And so I I started getting really, um, excited about the the impact of my work on people in that way and thought how can I expand that even more like how can I really even bring their them on, and them on board with this process more with me and that's when I started doing more of like the talking and the incorporating of what's going on in their life and and um, helping coach them around like things that they could implement to do when they're outside of my uh, off of the massage table and outside of my office as well and my my um passion areas, I call it, are definitely relationships, intimacy, um, communication, sexuality, and the, it always, it always seems to more like, I go, okay, now let's talk about this. <laughs> it's like the juicy part. And it's, it's, um, I, I'm a li- living proof of that, of, the, you know, what we look back on our life and see kind of like the the high high points or the points where we've had a lot of learning and growth and like okay well that might maybe that's connected to what my life path is or what my purpose is here and that's what I feel like around for me around relationships and intimacy and sexuality and and in the in the form of um, empowerment in those areas of really being um, being who we really are and being whole and happy and trusting ourselves enough so that when we're in relating relationship or we are expressing and opening ourselves to the world that we are doing it in a way that's really true for us and from a place that feels really happy and whole and connected to our body to our heart to our spirit and that we're creating and connecting from that place when we when we talk about intimacy uh, coaching and and sexuality do people come to you for that and or is it something that usually you gravitate to because it's your passion and because it's your expertise? Uh, is it a set program or is it like person by person? And maybe you could share a story about something that's happened with one of your clients uh, that's been going through intimacy or um, sexual coaching. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's kind of both. There's um, I, I really drop in with the individual and see where they're at and what they need and um, craft a program for them most 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 of the time. And the duration of that is is often like a, a twelve session process. You know, there's a minimum. Like I would say, not a minimum, but I would say I don't require people a minimum because I really you know, know that there's there's um such a range of needs and what people have, but I would say four sessions is a great range. Yeah. I mean, I would think, I would think it would take at least a couple times just to get comfortable, intimate enough with you to be open about your intimacy. Right. I mean, some people are more open than others, but I mean, this is getting as private as we can get. Yeah. And so, I mean, I, obviously can see where intimacy coaching could be hugely transformational for people's bodies as well as their lives. Uh, but it probably takes some time. Yeah, it does. So there's, there's, um, four sessions is a good start to start moving through what we've walked into the, to the session with, like, what is, what are we coming in with as far as our, our history, our traumas, our wounds, our fears, our beliefs. Usually the first session we kind of drop into like, what, what are we aware of now? And then we start working on, okay, what have, what have we come in with and what's that about and, um, start healing and shifting that. Okay, so now now we can get more current and 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 um, drop in. Okay, what's true for us now? What do we truly want? What's truly going on in our body? What do we most need right now to help strengthen us and and um, support us in moving forward? And then then we can learn new skill sets and um, new ways to implement and move forward in our life. 
What's a skill in intimacy? Mm-hmm. Good. <laughs> yeah. I need a tool for my tool belt. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. And when I was um, pondering like what my tip would be, it was definitely, um, this is what was arising, so I'll share it now. The um, communication. Communication. Yeah. With your partner, with yourself. Yeah, I'll give a shout out with deep gratitude to um, some mentors for helping me learn compassionate communication, which is an offshoot of um, nonviolent communication. So one of my dear friends and mentors, Scott Katamas, has um, helped me really deepen my practice. And I will say, honestly, it was about three years ago when I felt, oh my gosh, this like desperation of where I was getting to these places where I'd get triggered in my relating with my children, with my children's father, with my relationships, um, with my, like, you know, people I was dating at the time. And, um, the, I was like, there's, I've, I can't believe I'm not able to do this better. It was so humbling and so aggravating at the same time. And, I went to a weekend intensive, and we learned um, ways to to communicate from without the story, without the drama, without trying to make each other wrong, without the blame. It really drops down to what am I feeling, and what am I needing, and then from there, what what do I what can I from an empowered place? What can I ask for to help shift the situation and Looking at the list, there's there's this, um, you know, we can look them up online, even like lists of needs. And there was something that made my system, help my system relax when it looked at this list of needs and was like, every single human has these needs. Right. It's not just because I'm a woman, not just because I'm a victim of some sort, not just because I have a, I'm a mom, you know, that's, that's struggling to make ends meet. You know, it's, it's no, like every single human and it helped me see and feel the equality and my heart opened so much to every single person. Like the compassion just like started flowing of like, wow, you know, the children, the adults, everyone. And we don't have to try and manipulate or ask for, you know, these needs to be met. We all have equal opportunity and equal right and equal, you know, to be gifted this experience and to have the experience of having these needs be met. Ah, I just feel the relief right now as I speak it. It's like, oh, it's okay. It's okay to have these needs. And there, yeah. I know I've put pressure on myself of like, can't I handle it? And can't I figure it out myself? Or what's wrong with me? Um, so, you know, the, letting go of those stories and having, like, have, and you said com- communication with who, who? I mean, it is everyone, including here, me, have compassion. Starts, with, yeah, with right. Ourself. Starts with communication with ourselves, mm-hmm. being honest with ourselves, right? Yeah. Taking the time to get still enough to actually know what we need. Yeah. I yeah. would imagine. And a big piece of, of this practice is empathy. So giving myself empathy, which is like, wow, you know, I have felt really exhausted and overwhelmed and tired and had, you know, and even been mourning, like grieving that I haven't been able to do things differently because of my need for like support, emotional support for sustainability, for, you know, like um Asleep. I'm, I'm sleep reflecting is, back on that time. These sleep is true. a big one. Yeah, like for all those, moms, especially. I think mm, parents. Yeah. 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 Sleep. Yeah. So for me to go, wow, those needs have not been met, and it makes so much sense that I've been feeling that. Of course. You know, and that's like empathy is. It's like wow, you know, like not have to debate it or prove it. It's like wow, just acknowledging the actual like reality of the impact that we've been experiencing. So, and I think this is probably very common among healers and practitioners that you you come to a point uh, a breakdown, and through the the breakdown, uh, you find information and tools that become really powerful for your clients. So, I'm imagining that that's probably been a, a very a very huge uh, transformation. And do you feel like that was the most, one of the most pivotal, what would you say was the most pivotal moment in your life? Well, first of all, I totally agree with you. You know, the, I mean, I'm, I'm a, I feel like I'm wired in that. I look at all of my experiences with a filter of like, what have I learned from this that I can help other people with? Right. How can I take this out and like, <laughs> like yeah. ex- share these gems that I've had my blood, sweat, and tears <laughs> occur around, you know? And, um, and that 
I, I humbly say, you know, I, I've studied and had a lot of training, but like my, I bring to, I bring to offer to people like my, you know, learning from my experience from the University of Life. There goes the train. There goes the train. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You asked what is, what was one of my most pivotal experiences? Goodness gracious. Um, vulnerably, I will say that it was, um, the one that pops in my head is when I was 25 and, um, I had um, ended a relationship, and um, we had a, oops, are we sure we're done, experience, and um, um, we got pregnant. And that was, um, that was a, a huge opportunity for me to see, like, was I really on, on path? Was I really ready? Yeah, it's big. And um, the the biggest like wake up call for me around it was realizing, oh my gosh, there's a whole lot about myself that I haven't looked at yet. Yeah. There's a whole lot about myself that needs to be addressed and healed. And if I'm going to move into being a parent, I want to be the best possible parent I possibly could be. Right. And and it, whatever I don't clean up, my children are going to need to clean up for me. Right. And it was very shocking and very humbling and, you know, needless to say, I wasn't ready and we made the decision to not be parents at the time. And that catapulted me into um, the next level of my life of really doing my personal growth work. And it was like my, um, like awakening, my the impetus for a right. lot of my awakening. And I did I went into that's when I started doing my intimacy training work with Doug and Naomi Mosley, a year long intensive. I started, um, you know, getting like doing energy psychology, receiving energy psychology work and clearing out past traumas. I learned discover, I started to discover what my patterns were and why and shift that. I, I learned to um, really start putting myself little more in front instead of like always wanting to like put the needs of the guy I was with in front you know and that's been a process that continued for 15 years until this last year and I um graduated out of a lot of some of those codependency patterns that I didn't realize were even still there so like the becoming me (laughs) in the way where I started to to be operating from what was more my my way of operating instead of my parents, instead of the guys around me, instead of the teachers, instead of all these beautiful people that I've had mirror and reflect things for me when I, I started clearing that out and learning how to operate in the world as the, the gift that I have come here to be. Um, and it's an interesting thing that I've, I've learned. I, I'm not an expert by any means on like the brain and um, the development of the brain, but I do know a few a few pieces, and one of which is the the prefrontal cortex and the fact that we borrow the people around us, the use of their prefrontal cortex, which is all about like decision making and 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 logic and strategizing and and connecting and and um, seeing the whole picture and and you know making sense of things like that because it doesn't develop fully for us until we're twenty five or twenty six years old. So prior to that, we're operating in the world by borrowing our parents or the people around us awareness and, and the way that they've seen and, and known to, to be on the planet. So it was right. I, I learned that just, you know, in the last couple of years. Somebody- prefrontal cortex <laughs> watch out for those decisions young people yes. parents <laughs> right. now you know why now we know why yeah oh. oh my gosh and why it's so so crazy for most of us when we go to college right? <laughs> like who am i <laughs> I, I have no prefrontal cortex <laughs> help me <laughs> yeah <laughs> How do I pick a new major? Yeah, I, I remember. <laughs> I remember those those huge decisions. Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm grateful for that. It was a very it was a very pivotal time. Very powerful. Viraja, you're such a beautiful, brilliant, and courageous woman. Mm. Do you feel like being a beautiful woman is sometimes? I mean, obviously, it's an advantage in some arenas, but do you feel like it's actually a stressor and and sometimes uh, a challenge being beautiful? Hmm. Wow. 
Ah, I um, I have, I have a opinions. sense you yeah. have your own experience of this, <laughs> Miss Lisa. Um, and um, I'm I I've got a little bit of a loss for words, but I feel a lot of like love in my heart when you when you ask that. I feel like so much energy, and um, that comes through it's like there's this this like authentic like way of which I love people and I like connect with them and I'm grateful that I get a lot of people say you know you're just as beautiful inside as you are out or you know and and um I I'm also one that's like what do you mean I'm beautiful like it's been a process of that too like I look around and I'm like I'm nothing special but I mean I did go through I did I have grown part of the part of the wisdom I can bring in the coaching that I do I have moved you know experienced and lived you know using my beauty or using my sexuality to get needs met you're using that as strategy you know if our needs aren't met then we're going to we're going to get those needs met, either consciously or subconsciously. Well, and I think and, it's a primal uh, survival thing to use uh, our femininity or our beauty or our sexuality to get needs met if we especially don't have a prefrontal cortex. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If that's not in place, we're going to like, well, we're going to yeah. use these strategies that come through or, mani- you know, even you know, manipulate to, for our own benefit well, because we don't know the difference yet of how to do that um so you know that's that's been interesting to live through and um at this point i'm i am um you know i've i'm now 41 and i have this like when i turned 40 it was like whoa time to really like really be a woman we we just had a we both just had a birthday we're like right on (laughs) on schedule yeah I, i agree 40 for me felt like okay yeah no i'm a woman I'm a woman, yeah. and with that, there's this like seasoned beauty, mm-hmm. and not just like the exterior, but the the heart and the psyche and the energy, and like there's this like full meal of me that I can bring to the world. That's what right. it feels like, and I I want to, and I feel like it's taken this amount of time in order for me to be as settled and grounded and present in my in me that. Not um, you know, I like I'm one that likes external gratification. <laughs> I, I I will be willing to acknowledge that I'm one that's like you know um, extroverted, and the um, impact that I have on people I have in the past, especially gotten a lot of like sense of self out of that, and now it's like oh you know I am I'm embodied this, and I I don't need that, but I also see how this impact on other people can help bring shifts for them. If used wisely, you know, it's like we're wielding a, a, a tool, you mm-hmm. and I, women, like we people, we all are in our own way. And mine just happens to include this way the package looks as part of the impact. And so now I feel like I'm, I barely feel like I have enough awareness of how to use this whole package and the wisdom of this to really bring it into the world and make bring massive change in the ways that I want, which is to help people feel safe in their own skin, open their hearts and create the intimacy that they want in their lives. A couple things I, I, um, that come to mind, one is from the book Eat, Pray, Love, uh, where when the lady goes to, I believe it's Bali, and the, the, the person that she goes to tells her that she has pretty power. Hmm. And and you have pretty power, and and I agree with you. It's it's not just skin deep, skin deep. And like I I tell my daughters already when they'll say things like, "Oh, mommy, am I pretty?" And I and I let them know, you know, honey, beauty is when somebody has love in their heart and a smile on their face, and you can see the most beautiful woman in the world uh, as far as her features, her stature, etc. But if she's if her heart's not filled with love in that moment, and and it happens to all of us. I mean, we all look ugly when we act ugly, and we mm-hmm. all get tired or disconnected, and and can be ugly. It's just human nature, survival. And <clears throat> I mean, I I uh, I made the statement to you because I really really respect and honor you. I mean, I've known you. I think it's uh, eight nine years, something like mm-hmm. that. Uh, and as a fellow mother and entrepreneur, and particularly seeing you out there really at times without a lot of support, but courageously doing it. And I see yeah. that beauty not just on the outside, but in the inside. So I yeah. think it's I think it's a wonderful thing. Uh, but I, I, 
I say it because I do believe attractive people get judged and are particularly for women at times feel uh, a little bit more like prey. There's more attention on beautiful women. And so I think that there's a responsibility there is my is my take on it. Number one, to actually be authentic, there's more responsibility there. And number two, uh, to, like you said, not to wield it for, for manipulation. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that uh, that probably brings a lot to your practice. And, and I know, do you now I know you work with a very wide range of people, but I'm sure you've probably had a lot of um, transformational experience with other women. I know you do like group groups and things like that. Maybe you can talk a little bit about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I, um, I really appreciate what the wisdom you're sharing with your daughters. You know, I have sons, and so it's beautiful to hear you as a mother what you're you're teaching your daughters at such a young age. And I, when I work with women kind of the portals around sexiness at times, you know, like, you know, wanting to be or how are they, are they perceived that way? And it's a similar like perspective is that it's not, it's an insight. Sexiness comes from the inside. Like your body doesn't really matter what your form is or what your look is. Like it's the way that you embody it Mm -hmm. and fill it. And what are you filling it with and how are you feeling in there? And that's going to come across and that's what's going to create the polarity with the masculine. That's when it's going to create the attractiveness. That's when it's going to create the juiciness in you and the aliveness and the vitality, you know, and that we all have um, access to that no matter what our form is you know this is the container it's built to hold that so you know that's our job to fill it with that if we want you know right yeah and the um you know i've i've been so grateful to work with a variety of women and individually and with their partners work with them and and in groups i do a women's healing night and i'm going to start that up um again soon. I don't know if you want me to tell where, but um, monthly women's healing night at Sonima Wellness Center. And, oh, wonderful. Um, yeah. And that, um, you know, with the women coming together and we do a drop in and um, share what's true for us then. And then we have the opportunity to bring um, some of our tools and share them with the sisters. And we kind of trade off each month. And um, there's been so, there being tears and people having a t- totally different sense of themselves coming out of those circles. And then as far as work that I've done individually with women, you know, I had, um, wow, I've had women that have been completely disconnected from their bodies, especially like from the waist down, and they didn't even really know how frigid and disconnected they were. And through talking and doing energy work and helping them kind of address what that is and doing some body work and healing work, they, um, you know, have had a complete turnaround. You know, I had I had one mom who um, who delivered her daughter vaginally and had um, this this thing coming up in like around her sexual experience with her partner and um, she didn't even realize that like one whole half of her was like numb and um, she when we were talking her talking through it and doing some work around it she went back in her mind to to the delivery of her daughter and um, there was an experience that happened in that that shifted where she kind of numbed numbed out that side that side of her of um from like around you know like not her whole body, but her <laughs> groin area, mm-hmm. and um, and the awareness and the the reconnecting with it and feeling the emotions and being being f- feeling held and safe enough in the safe container that we created together to kind of uh, connect with that and address it. Things completely shifted and it's never come back that way. I love this concept that I heard recently about the use of orgasm for self healing. Is that something that you teach? I agree with the orgasm for self healing. Absolutely, that that energy is you know it creates it creates that is our life. Energy. It's like Kundalini, right? <laughs> it creates life. It can do just about anything. I, I love teaching people about energy, subtle energy, um, Shakti. It's called in Sanskrit the the life force energy, Kundalini energy, and the ways in which we can harness that and move that through our body and the um, different gifts that that can bring us. The um, 
and bringing more awareness and presence to our sexuality. So men and women, you know, the more that we are um, noticing this, the subtleties, noticing the breath, noticing the, the way the energy is flowing, noticing if it's building or, or, you know, increasing or decreasing and learning how to ride that. It's kind of like surfing, you know, learning how to win and how to catch the wave and how to stay on it and how to traverse it and when to swim in it and when to get on top of it. You know, it's a, it's a, a it's a, it's a beautiful, like um, alive, organic process. It's always changing, just like the waves in the ocean. So if we learn certain skill sets of how to surf that, we can we can create different experiences with it and one of which is using that to focus it on in ways that ways or places that we may want healing either physically personally in our physically in our own body or in our life or out in the world and and um it's kind of like um also, in a way, like programming your GPS, you know, where do you want the end result of this experience to, you know, go and what do you want it to do? And why not if we're harnessing all of this, you know, potentiality and this energy? Yeah, it's like if we bring more presence to it, awareness of skill sets and consciousness, what's possible? Right. Yeah. You you mentioned presence and it and it brought up for me, I've, I'm a really big fan of David Data and his books. Mm-hmm. And in one of his recent uh, books or products, he talks about most women, when interviewed, at least the women that come to through his workshops, are when interviewed, when asked what they want in a man, and they create the list, the, the very top quality is presence. And probably more predictable, the top quality that men would like in their women is great in bed. <laughs> do you feel do you feel like that's consistent? Do you see the same thing in your practice and how do you feel like you help men and women to make that happen? Oh wow, well this does depend on also like the stages of development that the men and the women are at. Their answers may vary. Um and um <laughs> I'd be curious if you interviewed also interviewed those women or did a, like an analysis of them which which place they might be at because depending on where we're at we have different priorities and what we're looking for in our mates. Right. You know, and and um I mean the I what I when I hear that women want men that have you know, sense of presence. I mean, I personally have that preference, but also in that I hear that there's this like sense of like safety, like they're here, right? you know, and it, we women, we contract so many different things. We are, you know, we're designed that way. We're supposed to know which berries are, are ripe, which are not ripe, which are poisonous, which are not poisonous, which plants to touch, which ones to notch, which, where are the animals, where is the migration, where is the spatial where's the awareness. children, where is yeah. the, you know, like when we're out there gathering, like our, so we're doing that in our homes, where, what needs to be done, what's not done, what, where, where is this, where is yeah. that? Yeah. Our brains, our brains uh, are changing all the time, whereas yeah. the male brain stays the same their entire life. Yeah. yeah. So, so if a woman's going to have a mirror in yeah. front of her and... Like we want to have something complementary. If we have some a, a being that's a, able to be really present and spacious and calm, like that just calm caught, invites one. us into this part, this way of operating and part of ourself that we get to drop into more into our feminine, and that's what's going to create that polarity between the man and the woman, the masculine and the feminine. So if we're with a man who's all spinning in his head. <laughs> And now worrying about two gazillion different things, um, two million, yeah. Then it's it's not creating a contrast and not creating a space like a polarity where there's this. If he's present and spacious, it's like there's this. There is literally like this container that the feminine can kind of spill herself into, and fill and flow to and in and then the man feels like really like studly because right. he has this woman that just wants to like give himself give herself to him and energetically and 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 you know psychically and all these different and then physically because it's just what feels natural it's like oh there's the river bed i'm the river i'm gonna flow into the river because he's created a space for safety and security and yeah and calm and present and yeah. And we, and in that, there's this. We want to be received, right? There's right. this the thing of like, wow, this there's there's room for me. Mm-hmm. I can be received by this man. 
you know, he's not just clogged up with all this gazillion <laughs> things. And, uh, yeah, and, and that will lead, that can lead to amazing, juicy sexual experiences because there's this, again, the polarity, meaning the masculine and feminine, you know, dynamic, which we need to have in order to have like the juicy fire of the sexy sexual exchange. What, so what does it mean to be, because obviously not everybody, um, uh, that's a man is masculine, not everybody that's female is a feminine. So what what does it mean, do you think, quintessentially, to be masculine versus feminine? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yes, it doesn't matter what body, what kind of body you're in, um, what your what your plumbing is, they say, but it's, um, <laughs> but it is, it is a, um, kind of a, a mode, uh, energetic that we're connecting with and masculine energy and feminine energy. Um, if you look out in the world, like the feminine is the flowers blooming, the wind blowing, the storms happening, the unpredictability, the, um, life bursting forth, the constant change, you know, that's, that's definitely the feminine energy, the masculine energies, like the, um, directive, um, you know, start to finish A to B, the, the, the strong, like foundation, the walls, like that, um, in contrast, that's the masculine and how that could play out in our lives is there's, um, you know, perhaps in a, in a couple dynamic, there's one that's more, um, logical and more, um, you know, directive and more like the decision maker, not they can be making the decisions together, of course, but there's one that's like, almost like you can feel it like this linear motion, like they just are in gear and on a mission, uh, on a mission. Yep. And they may, they also have their emotionality, but there's, um, 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 in contrast, the feminine is going to most likely be more talkative and more emotive and more feeling the emotions flow through and expressing them and more and more wishy-washy and uncertain, uh, you know, more expressive in that way, more flamboyant perhaps, and, and may need more holding, may need more, um, you know, reassurance. You know, and that's when the feminine is more in the in the, in the driver's seat. And I've been so in my feminine, just enjoying the passionate conversation. I forgot. I need to, I need to, I need to tell people you're, we totally welcome and encourage uh, li- our listeners to write in. Uh, we have a new email that you can uh, contact us, send us questions, comments, suggestions, uh, anything. You can send it to feedback at thorpeinstitute.com. So feedback at Thorpe Institute. There's no E on the end of Thorpe. Uh, it's just T-H-O-R-P-I-N-S-T-I-T-U-T-E. Uh, we would love for you to communicate with us. Let us know what you think of the show, if you have any questions, or even if you have somebody you'd like to hear on the show. We're open to uh, to suggestions or comments. That We just appreciate you listening. This is your show. And you can also go to healthandwellnessandsinitas.com. You'll see all the show notes, the links to Viraja's websites and contact information and usually a couple of images. And before we wrap up, Viraja, I know you you mentioned it, but I want to come back to it, this number one wellness tip that you would give to the listeners. So we, we said couple juicy ones there is communication and then the other one we were just talking about is presence i think the the problem and i love i love guiding and helping people in in all of these areas we've been talking about but the um i'll give a tip that's um an easy takeaway it's um around communication and the um i i have a feeling that some people that are listening and and me included sometimes get triggered who doesn't get triggered? I'm getting triggered. I hear people in the next room. Hey, be quiet. No, they, can't, they can't hear me, though. I can hear them. <laughs> right, right. So triggered, I mean, activated, angry, reactive, um, like just kind of maxed out with the particular situation. And um, that can that can lead us to being um, a little less centered or less compassionate or less sympathetic or less kind. And if we act close, we shut down, right? We just shut down. Yeah. We, we will stop caring about the other person. There's a wellness tip I'd like to offer and it is a takeaway of um, 
of a practice to keep in mind. And it's to help us stay more heart-centered and connected with those around us when we become triggered. It's called a connected time out. It comes from compassionate communication. And the self-awareness, self-awareness is key in this. So strengthening our muscles, our muscles of like keeping on track of of tracking ourselves about what we have going on in our own system. And when we become triggered to kind of check in and be like, can I authentically keep, keep caring about this other person or these other people? And if our answer is no, we have to call a timeout. There was a story I was told about the summer camp that happens where people go and they do, um, they, the whole time they're doing compassionate communication and it's all ages. It's full, all it's families and everything. And the, um, adults were talking and then all of a sudden this kid runs over and is like, mommy, mommy, I have to take a time out. I can't be nice anymore. <laughs> yeah. Good right. For him. Right. And it's like, Whoa. You know, I want to be that aware. (laughs) It's like, thank you for that story and that modeling. And, and if it's, we're getting close, it's like, even if we learn this with a partner or other people, we can call like a yellow light, literally like, okay, let's breathe. I'm going to breathe. Let me take a break and calm down and see if I can, if I am connected or if I can regain connection in this breath in order to, to communicate from a place more from my heart or about what I'm feeling, what I'm needing, or acknowledging, like, you know, what's going on. And, and if, if it's no, then obviously we do a red light kind of break. Or if we're straight into red light, like danger zone, it's like, hey, you know, uh, you realize I need to take a break. And this happens to me, and I'll want to say, sometimes I want to say snotty things. And, um, <laughs> and I'll be like... <laughs> when we get triggered, we regress to our inner child. <laughs> totally. I'm like, well, there she is. And um, I've gotten better. It's, it's taken a little while. I've gotten better. Like, okay, okay, okay. I need to take a break right now. Red light. And the, the other key in this to remember is that the other person is going to want to feel safe that we're not just bailing on them, you know, that's going to, we don't want to trigger their abandonment stuff. We don't want to trigger their, like, that spent, send, send them spending in their head about, wow, is this person going to leave me or is this person ever going to like me again? It's like, I'm triggered. I'm going to take a break. I will reconvene with you after I take a walk around the block or I'll, I'll con- connect with you again in a couple hours. Or let's talk more about this particular thing tomorrow so I can, like, not have to feel what I'm feeling right now until I process a little more about it. Um, giving ourselves permission to do that and then building it into our relationships gives us a buffer zone, you know, like to start creating a new way where we're not in fight or flight in our reptilian brain, where we can create new pathways to our prefrontal cortex. Hi, frontal lobe. Yes. My I'm, rational I'm centers. Yeah, I'm feeling lobe. evolved again. Yes. <laughs> yes. So we're like, okay, I'm going to lay down these train tracks a little bit, little and strengthen them so I can operate more and more from this place, hopefully initially, but in the meantime, time we're all reprogramming ourselves we're just we're just humans that are all learning new ways of doing this right yeah so literally taking a break if you get triggered so that you can reaccess your prefrontal cortex and yeah. use rational centers instead of irrational fight flight um, F off. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yes. Those. <laughs> go get open. If you're, you've shut down, go take some time to get open. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I and, can relate. <laughs> and I do. I give permission to myself and anyone who's listening to take this time instead of feeling like, wow, I need, I need to know the answers right now. And I need to figure this out or I need to make this better right now. Or I need to get my point across right now. And we don't, it's okay. It's okay. Like it's when we want to do it when it's going to be the most beneficial for everyone involved. Right. So, what's your vision for the future? Mm-hmm. Thank you. Well, I'm in the process of doing some new websites for, for my business, which are exciting, and um, it will be Viraja.com. Um, in the meantime, it's still TransformationalTouch.com. I have my my office and my private practice here in Lucadia and Encinitas, which I am thrilled that I get to see individuals and couples and do small group experiences in. And um, I am moving forward, like I said, and doing more evening um, events with the women, and I will be doing more classes locally around um, with compassionate communication. I'm doing a retreat in May called Transfer May Fun, a retreat for women, a weekend retreat. (laughs) Where's that? That's going to be in Vista. 
at a um, beautiful home that has um, space for us to do lots of different great things. Um, I also, one of my things I'm really so honored to do is to work with individuals and couples and um, private um, private retreats and VIP days. So like you said perfectly, Lisa, it takes, can take a little while to really drop in to really start opening up into these different areas that we've felt like we needed to hold really, really, um, safe and, um, for good reason, you know, and to start opening and be feeling like it's okay to be more vulnerable and touch into these patterns and these ways that have been affecting our ability to be intimate, our ability to be open to ourselves and to other people. It can take a little while. So it's often nice to like have like more of an immersion. So we do like a day long or multi-day process where we go, we'll just go into really deep, um, where they get to feel really held in a container where they can start relaxing and doing some very deep transformational work. So I've started doing that and, um, it's, it's profound to see what's happening. There's this one particular person that I've been working with that has just ended a a marriage of 22 years Mm -hmm. and he has never, um, really been with anybody else. And, um, sadly he was, um, experienced, um, you know, shocking, the shocking reality that um, the his wife had been cheating on him like throughout the whole marriage. So if you could imagine his sense of self and confidence had just been shattered and he's it's a beautiful being. And it's almost like we're like putting this puzzle back together of who, who he is and who he is now and who he is as a man in the world. And really preparing him to attract a, a much better experience the next time around by helping him to get it all figured out on the inside before going out there, mm-hmm. um, avoiding more codependent or, um, so that's, that's such a, such a, I, I, I'm going to recommend everybody out there that if you've gone through a breakup or, or have had bad relationships that it's, I think it's worth taking the time to get your relationship with yourself. Bingo. And if, it, especially if there's tools and services like you offer Viraja, I think this is such a powerful way to plan on having healthy relationships in the future, to prepare mm-hmm. to attract a healthy relationship. Mm-hmm. So well said. And I'm grateful for the times that I've really been able to do that myself in my life and then and help other people. And as well, I'll add, you know, when people are in a relationship, we go through different growth phases personally and together. So to have um, sometimes get some outside support or resource, whatever that is, to help us really understand or or take things like to 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 make that transition into whatever's next in the relationship, and to That's know really that it's all too. sacred. Everything that goes wrong is still sacred. <laughs> I think yeah. that's a big thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, that it's all for our learning, our right. growth, and our uh, the evolution of ourselves and our relationship. Yeah, definitely. Beautiful. Viraja, it's such an honor and a wonderful wonderful time having you here. And I hope we get to do more. And you mentioned Sonima. Maybe we'll get the, the owners of Sonima in here and or some of your retreat partners. If you want to come back, we'll do some other shows on some of the things you've got going on. Excellent. Yeah. Thank you. You're so welcome. Yeah, this is great. So thank you so much for offering this to the community. It's a labor of love. I think we have an amazing community, and and I think the whole world needs to know about wellness. I think we're so used to thinking of our medical system as where we turn when we're not well, be it physically, mentally, emotionally, and not that there's anything, not that it it doesn't have some elements to it that are important and vital. Uh, However, I think that the majority of the world still really needs to learn about these amazing wellness tools and and practitioners. And I I really do believe Encinitas and and Southern California, San Diego uh, at large has a really amazing wellness community. Mm-hmm. And I mean, part of part of, uh, I believe, part of it, I believe, is that Encinitas is the yoga capital. So it lends itself to people uh, becoming being, I think, more f- full, f- more integrative uh, wellness practitioners and, and offering tools and techniques that are not as commonly known, but still very, very powerful. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Yeah. So this is Lisa Thorpe with Health and Wellness and Sinitas. We had Viraja on today talking about transformational touch and intimacy coaching. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great day.